0: You're listening to the St John's Diamond Creek Podcast. This episode presented by Senior Minister Tim Johnson.
1: Hey St John's, this week's reading is from Mark 8.34 through to 9.1. If anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his Father's glory with the holy angels. And he said to them, I tell you the truth, some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the kingdom of God come with power. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
0: So on New Year's Eve, uh, my family and I were holidaying up in northern New South Wales. We'd spent the morning at the beach, enjoying the surf, lazing around in the sun. And then in the afternoon, we were wandering around town, just moseying along, looking in some shops. And then the call came in. The borders were closing and we had to get home. So we raced back to where we were staying. We packed up everything as quickly as we could, put the camper trailer on the back of the car, and we drove. We stopped that night at my in-laws place, set the alarm early, 13 and a half hours driving along to get across the border. Thank you, David Williams, with his gangster granny and Mr. Stink Audiobooks for getting us through, but we made it. Then the next day, COVID test for everyone, shoved up the nose, followed by what was going to be two weeks of self-isolation at home. Everything changed just like that. It was disappointing. It was frustrating. It meant that we lost pretty much all of our annual leave spent, again, playing board games at home. Now, you could say, well, that's part of the new normal, isn't it? We live in a COVID world and all of us can expect challenges and changes and difficulties just around the corner. But at another level, life throws curveballs like this all the time. It's not something unique, is it, to living in a COVID world? You know, your parents might come home and say, We're going to move and you're going to have to change schools. The boss might call you into the office to let you know you've been made redundant. The person that you thought you'd spend the rest of your life with, growing old together with, might say that they don't love you anymore. You can go from being perfectly healthy one day to being sick and incapacitated very, very quickly. Things like this come along all the time that transform life and bring us Difficulties and challenge when we're least expecting it. Now, sometimes people can be a bit naive as Christians that you somehow think once you start following Jesus, life will be rosy, God will look after me and nothing will ever go wrong. Well, it doesn't take too much of life and the difficulties that come along before that bubble gets pricked. (laughs) Uh, Life turns to difficulties at times and it could happen to any one of us and Christians are by no means immune from these sorts of difficulties. And in fact, the Bible itself gives us no reason to think that we would be. Uh, Rather than saying, if you follow me, everything will be smooth sailing and you'll never have another problem. Jesus says quite the opposite. If you follow me, you can expect that there will be challenges along the way. Well, in this passage from Mark chapter 8, Jesus really lays out what you might call the cost of discipleship, the cost that comes with being one of his followers. He says it won't be easy. There will be sacrifices and challenges in doing it, and it will actually make parts of your life harder. Well, you might ask yourself, if that's the case, why would anyone want to follow Jesus at all? Is, is it actually worth it? And maybe you're someone who wouldn't yet call yourself a follower of Jesus. You're interested in Jesus. You want to find more about him uh, before you make that decision to following him. Well, this is a pretty important question for you. If following Jesus is going to have its difficulties, is it actually worth making that commitment to following him? And maybe you're someone who is a follower of Jesus, but your life is full of difficulties at the moment. Life is really tough and you're clinging on by your fingernails. You might be saying to God, what are you doing? And you might even be questioning, is it actually worth sticking with Jesus given how hard things are? Or maybe that's not you at all. Maybe life is rosy. You're a follower of Jesus who's just sailing through and everything's going really well but none of us knows what is just around the corner. Are you prepared if a difficulty comes and how will you respond to it? I guess ultimately, regardless of your circumstances, the decision about whether you follow Jesus and stick with Jesus is going to be determined by who Jesus is and what Jesus has done. That's been the focus of Uh, The part of Mark immediately before today's reading, it's the passage that Kirk spoke about last week. If you missed his talk, you can watch it on video on our YouTube channel or listen to the podcast. But in that passage, Jesus is identified as the Messiah or the Christ, the great king that God had said would come into the world. That is who he is, this great king who was to come. But immediately as he's identified as this king, he speaks about suffering, dying, and three days later, rising again. Now, that's not what was expected, and uh, it's not very popular with the followers of Jesus. Peter, one of Jesus' closest friends, actually tells him off for saying these things. That's not what we're expecting. We want a, a glorious and a powerful king, not a suffering and a dying one. And Jesus tells Peter in no uncertain terms that this is core to who he is and what he's come to do. It's not an optional extra. It's not a negotiable. His suffering and his dying and his resurrection are key to him fulfilling his purpose. Through those things, Jesus brings us back into relationship with God He deals with our wrongdoing and offers us a new purpose for life. He deals with evil in the world so that he can bring in justice and the reign of peace. He restores the whole of creation and ushers in a new future for a new creation spent for eternity in the presence of God. No, his suffering and his dying and his resurrection are not optional extras. They are essential core elements of who he is. You you cannot understand Jesus apart from his death and his resurrection. And so Jesus says, if you want to follow me, then these things are going to be core to you being one of my disciples as well. They're not optional extras. They're not negotiable things. If my suffering and my death and my resurrection are key to who I am as king, then that will impact you if you choose to be one of my followers. So uh, diving into our passage, if you've got your Bible there, Mark 8, starting at verse 34. In verse 34, Jesus, we're told, calls the crowd along with his disciples, right? What he's going to say here is not just for the leaders, not just for his 12 key followers. This is for everyone who wants to be a follower of Jesus. And he says, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Now that word there, uh, deny, is exactly the same word which will be used a few chapters later when Peter denies knowing Jesus. When people ask him, aren't you a follower of Jesus? He says, I don't know the guy. Jesus is saying that we must deny ourselves. It's, It's like saying of ourselves, I don't know the guy. So much are we focused on who Jesus is and following him. And Jesus says that just as he is going to the cross, he says to his followers, you need to take up your cross and follow me. Now, this crowd of people living in that place at that time, they would have seen people on their way to be crucified, carrying the wooden beam, the crossbar on their backs, knowing that that person is as good as dead. It's a bit like in those American movies where the person is on their way to be executed, and the cry goes up, dead man walking. Jesus is saying, think of yourself as dead and then follow me. Now, notice that Jesus doesn't say, if you follow me, you might lose your life. You know, there are some countries in the world where for people following Jesus, they're putting their life at risk. They could be put to death for doing that. And in Australia, we kind of nod and say, yes, knowing that we are at no real risk in this country of that happening to us. But Jesus isn't saying you might lose your life. Jesus says, if you follow me, you will lose your life. It will cost you your life to follow me. Following Jesus means making him number one in our lives. It means placing every single aspect of our lives under his kingship. It means being dead, if you like, to our own personal ambitions and goals and the things that we want to do for ourselves because now we're living for Jesus' goals and what he wants to do in the world. Now, what might that look like in real and concrete ways? Well, uh, if you're at school, it means being prepared to be identified as a follower of Jesus, even if that might make you less popular. You know, people may not like you because you say you are a Christian. It might lower their estimation of you, make you less popular. But are you prepared to suffer those things? And it is genuine suffering because you're a follower of Jesus and you're not ashamed to be identified with him. At work, it means having such integrity as a follower of Jesus that you'll live out his way of life in the workplace, even if that might cost you the promotion because you're not prepared to do some of the things that people are asking you to do, or maybe not even taking a promotion that you're offered not taking that next step up the ladder that everyone expects you to take because by doing that, it would actually undermine things that Jesus says are important, time with your family, time with him and being committed to his followers. As individuals and as families, it means making decisions that show that commitment to Jesus is the number one priority. You know, I know things like Sunday sport and Sunday parties are a bit of a thorny issue. None of us wants to look like a killjoy and make it feel like uh, following Jesus takes away all the fun. And yet at the same time, if every time uh, something comes up, that we're prepared to just bump the following Jesus stuff, attendance at church, going along to your life group, um, youth events, if those things always get shifted to the side whenever there's anything competing, then that sends a pretty strong message to our kids, uh, to those who are watching what we're doing, that following Jesus is actually a low priority and that's the thing that can move and get changed when something else is there to compete with it. Uh, at church, it means actually making costly decisions because We're followers of Jesus. Heaps of times I've sat with people as they're making decisions about life groups. Maybe they've been part of a life group. It's been really good, but there's an awareness that the group's growing. There's a need for new groups. So are they prepared to start a new one, uh, go out and start a new one and invite some new people in? And, And that's always costly to do because it's easy to just stick with what you know. It's easy to not change, and yet... How do you welcome new people and bring new people into groups if groups never actually change? And heaps of times when I've been having those conversations, people have said to me, look, this isn't the easiest thing for us to do. In some ways we'd prefer to just stick with the group we're with. But we're going to do the not easy thing because we recognise that it's good to welcome new people, new followers of Jesus in and we'll make the hard call We'll deny ourselves for the sake of Jesus and the building of his kingdom. That is what Jesus is talking about in all of these scenarios. It's about denying ourselves, taking up our cross and following Jesus, acknowledging that there is a cost in making each of those decisions. Now, the paradox here is that Jesus says this is the only way to live, Verse 35, for whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet forfeit their soul? Jesus says, if you keep yourself as number one, then you actually lose out. But if you put me first and live your life for me and for the gospel, the good news that I've come to bring, you win. What use is it to gain everything, money, comfort, prestige, security, and yet be left with nothing because you haven't dedicated your life to follow me? Now, why would you lose everything by doing that? Well, again, because of who Jesus is, what Jesus has come to do, and also what Jesus still needs to do in the future. See, if Jesus really is the king, the king who suffered and died but rose again, the king who is ruling over the entire universe, the king who is coming back as the one who will judge all people, then living for him despite the cost is the best way to live because we're living for the future now. Jesus says in verse 38, If anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his Father's glory with the holy angels. Jesus gives us a glimpse of the future, what is going to happen. A day is coming when Jesus, the great King, hidden from sight at the moment, will come in glory with angels at his side, and there will be absolutely no mistake about who the great king is and what the right way to live was. Uh, you might remember the movie Back to the Future 2. Um, in that movie, uh, Marty McFly, uh, who is in the future at the time, 2015 it was, Um well in the past now for us, but he buys this sport almanac which has all of the sporting results from 1950 to the year 2000. And his plan is to take that back to 1985 and he can use that to make some money, you know. He'll be able to predict who the winners are, maybe bet on them uh, and be able to predict the future and make a fortune. Now the plan goes sour because his arch enemy. Uh, Biff steals the almanac, takes it back to his earlier self in 1955 uh, and the whole world sort of goes goes pear-shaped because he he profits from it instead. But you can imagine, can't you, the power that comes from knowing what the future holds. I mean, imagine having all of the sporting results for the next 50 years, the power that that would give you. What Jesus tells us here what the future is going to look like. He tells us which one is the winning team. And the winning team is Team Jesus. He's coming back as the king in glory with the angels at his side. And that will be the opportunity for those who've been on Team Jesus to celebrate the victory with him. And any challenges that we might have faced along the way will pale into insignificance, faced with the glory of Jesus and bringing in the new creation, perfect justice and peace and a wonderful new future. Suffering and death, challenge and difficulty will be part of this life now, but it's not the final picture. There's more to come. It's a reminder that Challenges and difficulties are actually part of the normal Christian life. They shouldn't surprise us. They shouldn't knock us off track because Jesus has said they are going to come, but that is not the final story. Jesus speaks to us about needing to deny ourselves, to take up our cross and to follow him. He's gone down that path, therefore that is the path that those who would follow him need to go on as well. Jesus is God's promised king and his kingship was defined by costly sacrifice, by suffering and by death, but also by resurrection, coming back to life. He's the one who is ruling the whole universe now. He is the one who will return as the reigning king and show that that was the right way to do life. If we're going to follow him, that is the path that we also need to go on, being prepared to deal with sacrifice and suffering now to be part of that glorious future that he is ushering in. So let me pray for us now, wherever we're at with Jesus, as we consider this path of following him. Lord Jesus, thank you that you were willing to suffer and die For us, as we consider our relationship with you and following you, please uh, help us as we make those decisions each and every day. For those who are not yet sure about you, please help them to see you in your great glory and power for all that you have achieved for them and being prepared to count that cost as they decide to follow after you. And for those of us who are already your followers, whatever our circumstances at the moment, remind us of your suffering for us, that we might also be prepared to put up with difficulty and challenges as we follow after you. And please fix our eyes on that glorious future, Jesus, when you will return with the angels at your side, that we might be encouraged, motivated and empowered to keep following you today and every day.